Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all declining. And this update is brought to you by the American Arbitration Association. International trade or business dispute resolve faster with the International Center for Dispute Resolution, the leader in alternative dispute resolution around the world. I cdr.org. Well, representatives for Twitter and the Walt Disney Company not immediately responding to requests for comment, but people familiar with the situation say Disney is working with a financial advisor to evaluate a possible bid for Twitter. Salesforce.com also considering a bid working with Bank of America on the process, according to other people. Right now, we have got shares of the Walt Disney Company down 1.75%. Twitter is now up by 1%. S&P down 16, a drop of eight-tenths of one percent. The Dow also down eight-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ also down eight-tenths of one percent. Gold up a dollar the ounce to 13.38, a gain of 0.1 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Taking stock today, we're broadcasting live from the Midtown Manhattan offices of Eisner Amper. They're getting ready for their annual real estate private equity summit this Wednesday, the 28th at Pier 60 down at Chelsea Piers. But we're not waiting to start this conversation because it's so big and important. We've got to start today, and that's why we're happy to welcome to the show Darren Hornick. He's managing partner at Hornick Capital here in New York City to talk in particular about the New York commercial real estate market and more broadly about what he sees as the factors driving it now. Welcome, Darren. Thank you. you know, you've been in real estate, what, for 25 years? I just have to ask you, what you got, got you into the business? What got me into the business was my father sitting me down and telling me how to sell something big. And he pointed to the sky and said, go sell airplanes, go sell buildings. And I thought New York City was the right place to start selling buildings. So I quickly jumped into the brokerage business and got my start that way. Let's talk about some buildings and trying to get the right tenants for the right buildings. Because I was noting that you do a lot of work in uh, Queens, for example, the Mm -hmm. borough of Queens in New York. And a lot of these follow a kind of a program where you've got big loft spaces or old warehouses. And then you've got that whole transition period. Speak about that process and maybe give a couple examples about how, you know, a tenant might want to move in. But the developer saying, yeah, you don't necessarily fit the the criteria you're not going to be someone i want watching uh, looking at a, a crushed bus sculpture in the in the lobby when you come to work every day right so the market is definitely an interesting and dynamic market these days um a lot of the trend is following where the tenants want to go um that's something i'm very keen on i used to have a big technology business years back and i had over 200,000 feet around the country so when i looked at space I looked at it from the consumer standpoint. And I have that ability now that when I go look at office buildings, you know, mostly around the region, I try to think of myself as that tenant and consumer. So what they want is nothing new. They want the old school. They want the cool stuff. They want high ceilings, wood floors. They like a lot of concrete. You know, a lot of the retro feel is what people are looking for. And I've been lucky enough to buy three buildings in the last two years uh, that really fit that match. Uh, we bought 95 Evergreen, which is the old Schlitz Brewery um, in the middle of Bushwick. Uh, it's the biggest building in the neighborhood, about 170,000 square feet. I bought it with my partner, Savannah, who is a large private equity firm. 
And we went in there with the mindset of how can we make this a cool building? Um, it has 15-foot floor-to-ceiling um, floors, windows throughout, and the coolest floor is where they did the beer production back in the day. They have 30-foot high ceilings where the executives oversaw the vat production of the beer. So we took that building, we bought it for about $33 million, invested another $30 million, and we're catering towards the high-tech community who wants this cool vibe. I just have to ask, you dropped that one, uh, that little bombshell. You had a technology company along the way? What was it? Yes. Um, it was called Onsite Access. We used to wire office buildings with a fiber optic infrastructure and sell broadband communications to the tenants. Okay. You, you, you're getting fingers in a lot of pies. So financing, obviously, very important to you. What is, what, is the, what is the environment right now? What is it like? Is money, is it money just flowing out at you? you? You're crazy not to do deals, or is it tightened up at all? It's definitely tightened up, and the market's become a lot more challenged. Um, there's a lot of equity out there. So there's tons of private equity out there. Um, there's sovereign wealth funds. There's money out there that wants to be put to work. Right? All these private equity firms raise their money, and they need to put it to work. The challenge is finding deals that underwrite to the levels that you want to invest in. So, you know, rule of thumb, you want to be somewhere in a 15 to 20 IRR range. Those deals are not easy to underwrite today based on the pricing level out there, and debt is becoming more and more challenging from a transitional standpoint and from a ground-up standpoint. So while the market is hot still, and pricing hasn't come and falling down, it's still challenging to find transactions that you could underwrite and really make sense of. You said, what, three buildings in two years or is, uh, uh, that you've been able to acquire? Well, we, we did 10 deals in the last three years since I started the company on my own. Uh, but particularly to the point of office, we bought three office buildings, uh, one in Bushwick, um, one we just bought recently with uh, Brickman, another private equity firm in uh, Ridgewood, um, and another one in the South Bronx in Mott Haven, 2417 3rd Avenue. I was going to say, if, if a private equity investor is thinking about getting into real estate and to do these kinds of deals with you, what do you recommend they do to prepare themselves so that they understand the important parts of a deal? Um, the private equity firms that I mostly work with are real estate-specific private equity firms. So they're very smart, very capable, professional people. They understand the macro side of the real estate investment, and they look to me, in a lot of cases, for my general expertise. So I'm an operating partner, a general partner in most capacities, and I'll bring them up to speed and discuss the business plan. Is the commercial real estate market cooling off then? Can the Fed stop worrying about bubbles? Um, I, I, I don't like the word bubbles, because when you say bubbles, it, it just assumes it's going to burst at some point in time. Um, what we're seeing now is just a very, very long cycle. Um, and things are definitely cooling down based on the rate of transactions. So 2014, 2015 were unbelievable years. 2016 is going to probably be off by about 30%. Thank you very much, uh, Darren Hornig. He is a managing partner, Hornig Capital, joining us here at Eisner Amper. They are planning their fourth annual real estate private equity summit to take place at Pier 60 on Wednesday, the 28th. This is Bloomberg. Coming up, Bloomberg politics with our own Mark Niquette. We're going to preview the debates tonight. Donald Trump facing off against Hillary Clinton. Markets already on the move ahead of that. This is Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. <laughs> 